Friends of Friends podcast. Hi, you're Peter. And I'm Justin. I'm Justin. I'm Justin. No, I'm Justin. Should we do it like as we normally do? Yeah. Hold on, children. It will happen. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We think it's fucking brilliant. This is going well, though, this take. <laughs> Listen, Literary Kings yes. and Friends is back. Yes. At the Queen Street Brewhouse in Colchester. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since Literary Kings and Friends has happened. But here we are with our first five acts from October, and we're going to tell you all about it today. Yeah, it was a good night. We had Leon. Leon Helsby. Leon. Leon Helsby. Leon Helsby. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, a musical duo, She Brings the Rain. She does. Multi-instrumentalists. Multi rather than multi. Joy M. Louisa. Joy M. Louisa. Fantastic, again. Yeah. Uh, Richard Townend. Oh, yes. Playing his guitarist. Yeah. And Willswood Boys. Is it Willswood Boys or The Willswood Boys? I think it's just Willswood Boys, but boy, did they pack that place out. I they mean, they have, they have a travelling fan club. And you, you, know that they, you know that they're the fans because they're wearing the T-shirt. <laughs> I, I did post a picture online, actually, of um, a, a group of them wearing that white T-shirt. Really dedicated fans. <laughs> Okay, so it's us chuckling along again, Hello. as we usually do on our podcast. Yeah. Lots of chuckling. Us. We mean well, is what they'll say about us. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all out of chuckles. <laughs> no, Their I'm heart's not, in not. the right place. Yeah. They're basically idiots. Yeah. We'll let them out in a minute. <laughs> uh, we're talking about us, of course, not our, the uh, artists playing at our events. No. People will realise that. We don't send out a surrogate band to play our events, (laughs) so they look a bit like us. Those two that play us on stage, they definitely look like they could uh, do an exercise. Yeah, and all that boring conversation you might have had with them. I have had a word with them about that. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes people are saying things like, oh, they play wrong notes, they're they're rubbish at talking between the songs. I've had a word with them. I'll tell them. I spank them. I do. I spank them and I say, sort your act out. You've got the songs. We're giving you the songs. Just go out and do it properly. Stop yeah. acting like it. It's not being awful. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we had our first poem. Leon Helsby. Leon Helsby. Now, we know Leon because Leon came and played um, at the Forester's Arms before the pandemic. Literally just before the pandemic. And uh, he uh, did a brilliant job, really grabbed the audience, um, really passionate poet. And um, he did exactly the same again. In fact, he was um, he was surprised, actually, that he could get quiet in the brew house. Because we were a little bit, like, not sure, weren't we, whether it was going to be as quiet. Yeah. But he was impressed with that. And he said, no, I managed, you know, I managed to get the quiet. And uh, in the interview, he um, did explain a bit about that. I'm here with Leon Helsby at the... Queen Street Brewhouse for Literary Kings and Friends. Well, let's get down to some questions then. Um, what inspired you to write? What began it all for you? Probably just like the kind of like the shitness of life, I suppose. Just the same as everyone else. That does come across <laughs> in your writing. <laughs> and um, probably like um, around like uh, five years ago, I kind of was writing. Before then, I was writing songs for a while. And then I started writing these new stuff. And I felt like, oh, these don't really seem like songs. They seem like just something else. Mm. So kind of through complete luck, I just stumbled into being able to write them. And they would just kind of spill out. I I made a joke in there about, like, I wish I could write something funny or lighthearted. But I can't, I haven't yet managed it. Well, I found it interesting what Liam was saying about why he writes. Yeah. And the type of stuff he writes and that he can't actually 
quite help where he works. No, he can't. But also there's, there's this interesting connection he has because actually he's a musician who, who wrote songs but found himself sort of uh, morphing into something else, almost beyond his own control, actually. It just sort of happened to him. When I'm writing for guitar, mm. the music always comes first and then you think of a melody and, and then yeah. some words will come out. So words have always sort of been last yeah, for you. Yeah, when you're writing you write. guitar. Yeah. But then, but then when you're doing, obviously when you're... It's slightly different. When you're doing like spoken word, you just find the rhythm of it. So you get on a roll and then it, the words just come out. So the Colchester scene, you're a Colchester resident, is that right? No, I live just down the road, so I live in Whitton. Wow, and you've come all the way here. <laughs> but I love Colchester, because to be honest, I think Colchester's the best place with the most kind of vibrant scene for spoken word and music. So I really, I think like, yeah. I really like, I think Colchester's great, so I was, and I love the brew house, I've been in loads of times, mm, so yeah. yeah. Part of the point of this evening is to enlighten people to the fact that there is spoken word out there because yeah. people will come and listen to musicians. You know, they are ten a penny. There's thousands of musicians, mm -hmm. but when you throw in some spoken word, you surprise people. I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's still quite, it's still quite a niche. The challenge is to to grab people's attention, and uh, and it was quite nice actually doing it because it did start to get a bit quieter mm. and people started to listen. So, yeah. and that's that was a really really nice thing as you're going through it and I think we notice you've got a bit of space at the front where people are sitting quietly and listening and then you've got quite a lot of noise but it doesn't cut through no I mean you were you were in your own bubble at the front there I thought yeah it didn't it was it a, like a football match report <laughs> isn't it I felt like the second half <laughs> <laughs> no I feel no I think you're right actually it, would, it didn't I was worried about the noise at the start because when you play music you can just listen to it in the background. People can chat and then they yes. listen to it. Yeah. But with spoken word, you can't. You don't get nothing out of it. You have to actually listen to it. You can get caught in that trap, can't you, of just reading out a poem. And, yeah. you know, that's not going to capture an audience, is it? We want, we want people well rehearsed without their phones. <laughs> this is a warning to everyone else. <laughs> actually being asked to do it has inspired me to think, Good. you know what, I could put... Yeah. I actually think I could put a show together, like a half an hour show. Mm. And, uh, and I kind of started to put these poems in thought. There is, in my head, there's a bit of a narrative to it. So what I did today was probably perform probably half of the show looking at one of the characters. The funny thing about it is that I always look to people who's doing this, and I don't really know many people who do it either, to be honest. So it's like, I think, well, I'll give it a try. Last question. Future? Near future? Anything uh, coming up for you? Poetry-wise, let's just kind of watch this space. Really, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stick to this idea of putting a show together and and, and actually thinking, you know, what, this this is actually quite good. I could I could I should do something with it because there's a you know there's always a voice in my head that says, you, you know, this doesn't mean anything. But I'm trying to kind of give it, trying to uh, give it meaning and, and actually treat it as if it's worthwhile. Leon, as ever, thank you very much and uh, brilliant. And we'll see you Thanks. soon somewhere else. Literary kings of Podcast. Mm -hmm. Ros Harness, great voice. We always we always talk about her voice whenever we hear fantastic her. Fantastic voice. Really, really beautiful tone. good. Yeah. yeah, beautiful tone. Uh, so we'd like to play one of her tracks that she's kindly sent in for us. Let's have a listen to it now. This is called Start Anew.
She's got a great voice, isn't she? Yeah. So let's have a little bit of a talk about the first musical artist. She brings the rain. She brings the rain. They're a duo, but what I really liked about them um, was that they play various instruments, and they were quite a challenge. I mean, let's face it, they were a challenge to my first gig back into it. It was a challenge. It wasn't an easy ride. No. And they had a harp, a violin, guitar, various instruments that um, were a bit hard to mic up, but they did come prepared for some of yeah. it, so that was good. They obviously did yeah. it quite a lot. It was a good good uh, training exercise for me, thrown in at the deep end. They absolutely love playing. I mean, they really enjoy it. They, 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 they really show it. that they've got a passion for for uh, playing live. Right, I'm here with Ruth and Jim, who've just performed at the uh, Brew House for Literary Kings and Friends. Uh, how did it go? Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Just had a lovely time. Yeah, it was great. Really good fun. Fantastic. Have you been to the brew house before? Yes, it's a brilliant atmosphere. People actually listen, and it's friendly. Yeah. I like it. And we've played in several different variations of bands, blues bands. Uh, well, our friend Rhiannon, who's a good uh, musician who writes her own original material as well, you might be interested in her. Yeah, yeah we played with her here, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So we've done it. It's very. I love the place. Fantastic. Well, thanks for getting in touch because there were so many people who got in touch with us. You're very interesting because of the multi musicianship. I'm a big fan of the Incredible String Band, and uh, it sort oh, of yeah. taught me back to that, you know, and uh, the sort of picking up and changing things around. So writing your songs using different instruments, it's, it makes for an interesting sound. I just love playing loads of different things, and writing is. Yeah, we. Uh, even though fun. in one of my songs I mention a widescreen TV, there's no TV in our house, just instruments. Yeah. Every artist seems to have a different way they work. Hmm. I think we talked about that in our last show with uh, Crooked State and Elephant Jane. Yes. Um, and also the way that we, we write, all completely hmm. different. Um, and you discuss uh, with She Brings the Rain, how they write. Yeah, and how they, um, yeah, how they piece together their songs. Um, you know, they seem pretty like... A, a duo when it comes to writing you know one will throw in an idea and then another one will come up with an idea I don't think they write separately you know they, they write together and the songs sort of uh, organically grow like that what inspires you to write what do you write about we tend to want to write positive music and positive songs uh, we've got plenty to complain about in this world but we mm. don't want to whinge on about it we we want to sort of we're on a mission peace love yeah, yeah friendship it just has to come out music is a brilliant way to do it and it makes people smile and when you see people in the audience smiling which happened tonight then you have then Fantastic. you've got where yeah. you want to go we, that's what we that's want what it's all to about do. performing isn't it yeah yes. and we'd like to put across a message of empowerment for people that to have their own sovereignty and their own power. Yeah. So when you come to write, who's sort of leading the way with these things in your songs? I think what, what the feedback we get from people is uh, that it's a performance of us together mm. and the interaction between yeah. Ruth and me. And that's how it ha- comes. Suddenly there's a line comes along or I'll go, oh, I've got this tune or... And then it all happens just like that. So proper sort of co-writing, basically. Yeah. So sort of ideas thrown around and they yeah. gel together. Or, or, they're, or they're just sort of jams and they become songs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes Jim will go away and say, Moments I've got this tune, and then I'm going, wee, over the top of it. And, and, and then it all happens from there. So are there more instruments than what we've seen this evening? Do you have yes, other things yes, to play? Yes. Tell us about those. I like playing the dulcimer, really. I, I think we saw a picture of that, actually. Justin yeah. said, what's that? 
Yeah, I like playing the dulcimer. <laughs> yeah. And Mandolin. Uh, I started out as a bass player. I've got a double bass. Wow. Electric Love bass. Yeah. Banjos. We're lacking in trumpets, but we need trumpets. I haven't got the breath for it all. <laughs> and there's only two of you, so I guess there's a bit of a juggling act to be done, isn't there, with that, with your kind of accompaniment and then your extra bits on top, your melody lines. At the moment there are only two. Often we'll play with other people and yes, we, we busk all over the place and then right. we'll get like... Loads of different people. You don't know who you're going to get. And sometimes we will gig festivals with set people. Mm. Little bands, bandlets all over the place. Bandlets. That's yeah. a new one on me. Yeah. yeah. Where are you sort of playing at the moment? What sort of places? Is there anywhere in particular? Or the bandstand. Dover Court bandstand. Dover Court bandstand. On the Hapney Pier. On wherever the we can. The Mark Stay Mind Body Spirit Festival. Yeah. Play all over the place. Sort of. It's been a bit mad the past few weeks. Every weekend just been like two, three gigs or something. Can I ask you, what do you think about the reaction tonight then in the brew house? Do you think it's a good place to hold Litter Kings and Friends? Yes. Yeah. 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 I do like it. Yeah. And we yeah, got yeah. we got um, instrument Littering feedback of people when we came because it's a very and, and instrument feedback. <laughs> yeah, no, got two types of feedback. But yeah, yeah, feedback from the, <laughs> yeah, the people the at the, at the crowd. Yeah, they they were talking to us because it's such a close atmosphere. You walk yeah. off in and Fantastic. you're talking to them. That's what we're really hoping for. I think is that we get people on the stage. You're you know veteran performers. You perform a lot anyway, but we just want to spread the word really for original acoustic music. It's fantastic. Yeah, Anything really else to add before I, really I uh, enjoyed your music as well? Oh, that's fantastic! Great. Yeah, that's that's all we do is just the two at the start. Anything yeah. else to add? Right, waste the chips. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ruth and Jim, for uh, talking to me. Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you for inviting us along. And they absolutely love playing. I mean, they really enjoy it. They, 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 they really show it. that they got a passion for for uh, playing live. You know, and they uh, they love to play to people, and their songs are all original, and they uh, they're definite sort of. Um, peace-loving kind of yeah. vibe to the Smiley. music. Smiley. Uh, they really uh, want people to enjoy it. Yeah, it's yeah. not sad at all. None of their material is sad. No. Even the stuff that was in a minor key comes across as quite jolly, actually. And I think it's because they want... That's the message I'm trying yeah. to spread, isn't it? Spread yeah. it. You know, spread a little happiness as you go by. Spread a little happiness. Spread a little happiness. Spread a little happiness as you go by. Are you still listening? So the second part of the night, Joy M. Louisa. She's fantastic. Very good. Yeah, really very good. good. She talked a bit about her inspiration. Yeah. Um, which almost down to one night, like one of the, maybe one of those sliding doors. Yes, exactly. Was situations she saw a band. It's exactly what it was. Really, it was a, there was a moment when she was young where she suddenly realised she wanted to write poetry. I'm standing here with Joy M. Louisa, poet and sage from the Colchester area. Uh, whereabouts are you from exactly? Is it Colchester? Uh, I'm actually from South Ockingdon, but my daughter lives in Colchester. South Ockingdon. Wow, South we do <laughs> we, do, we do reel them in from the, la- from the uh, surrounding area. Okay, well, Joy, you're here at the uh, brew house today. So first question I wanted to ask you is what, what made you write? Why do you want to write? What pe- um, I've you? always kind of written. Um, I think the first poem that I wrote, I was about 14. Um, and then when I was 17, I went to, a uh, long time ago, um, I went to see, I don't know if anybody remember, there was a group called The Specials uh, with Terry right. Hall. Yep. And um, I went to a place in Camden. It was actually in a boxing hall. And back then, this was like in the 80s, uh, back then the interval, you had acts in the interval. And in came Benjamin Zephaniah, Linton Crazy Johnson and John Cooper Clark. Little did I know just how big they were going to be Um, they were called the ranting poets I'd never ever really seen uh, spoken word before performed 
uh, apart from like when I was little with my mum and dad watching Opportunity Knocks and Pamers. Um, so they were so completely different. Yeah. Um, they were ranting, obviously, about the, it was the reign of Margaret Thatcher. So there was a lot to rant about. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was phenomenal. Mm. And that kind of stayed with me for a long time. Um, and so I've always kind of written poetry, not really done a lot with it, written for friends and things. And then I lost my best friend. Um, and that was really difficult because mm. she was very young. Um, and uh, I've got this kind of overwhelming thing, I guess. Um, I like to validate life and I wrote a poem about her. Um, and then I thought, well, I can't, I'm not really validating her life if no one hears it. And so I went along to the Lee on Sea Folk Festival and I performed that poem, which has kind of become a staple now. Um, and the reaction was so lovely that I thought, oh, well, I need to carry on with this, I think. And then it just kind of grew from there. Because yeah. for me, it was Bob Dylan. And I didn't, okay. I didn't know I had this sort of latent wanting to play it was sort of un do you feel like it was sort of dug out of you like you hadn't really yeah, considered it before yeah maybe I'm in a drama group so I'm kind of used to performing mm. um, but not poetry right. um, and it was kind of it was her I guess that inspired me and thought you know what I can do this and yeah kind of just gone but I think it was seeing Zephaniah all those years ago obviously stayed with me lit a fire it did it did yeah it was <laughs> awesome yeah and he's kind of one of my heroes so so the Colchester scene is very healthy for music. A lot of original acts yeah. in Colchester. The, the, uh, the three main sort of music venues are always full. How do you uh, express your poetry? And then uh, what's the scene like? Um, actually, Colchester is pretty good. So um, a lot of people will have heard of Luke Wright, who does a lot of uh, poetry here, um, particularly in the Arts Centre. Um, along with John, John Cooper Clark um, and I came to see him um, so there is quite a bit actually around there's a lot around Essex mm. and it's it's really supportive um, whenever you go to these venues people are just really lovely or I've found that people are really lovely you know I've had people come and say oh I really like your poetry I've gone up to people and said oh I really love that I really that was really beautiful and everybody's just really supportive and I feel like I learn something every single time so I think there's this perception from people People who maybe aren't creative don't play don't write that is highly competitive but actually you find that it's very no, supportive yeah really yeah. supportive and I think anybody can be a poet well, I think everybody is a poet actually everybody is right, a, yeah. has can be a poet um, and I think sometimes we think a bit too deeply sometimes I do if you write a poem and you enjoy it and it makes you feel something mm. then that's poetry right, fantastic any plans for the future uh, the near future that is <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm currently writing a verse play which I hope to perform at Edinburgh Fringe Festival so it's kind of a really big ambition I guess um, but I'm kind of going for it it's kind of like verse uh, there's a bit of prose and a little bit of stand-up really um, so yeah that's kind of where I am I'm going to perform actually one of the poems from the beginning of it tonight right. so fantastic yeah okay. thank you very much for talking to us joy thank you have a good gig she uh, absolutely loves her poetry and uh, she's been writing for a long time now long time yeah. since she discovered poetry at a London event and then yeah she really kind of embraces it you can see if it's mm. actually is kind of important to her it is, of course, it's important to her. It's her passion. Matt Calderbank. Matt Calderbank. Um, yeah, local treasure, local acoustic original songwriter who has played with us before. I've had a couple of times with Gig yeah. with Matt, actually. Yeah, and we've seen around different uh, sort of all day events and yeah. stuff before, haven't we? Yeah. And um, yeah, we asked him to send in a track so we could share it with you. This is called Dreaming.
I'm dreaming Dreaming of a brighter day Remembering when skies weren't grey Wishing I was far away I'm dreaming Dreaming of not wanting more No more filthy rich and poor No poverty at your door When I was a child I still knew how to smile I'm dreaming Dreaming no more nuclear threats No more leaders with Tourette's Invading our TV sets Don't look at me like I've got a choice None of us have got a voice We're passengers on a runaway train No one here can avoid the pain I'm looking up, still feeling down My only hope is you'll come around I need someone to shine a light Tell me it's alright Podcast. 
so Richard Townend, uh, very experienced guitar player. He uh, has a real history. As a professional musician. Still is. He's um, played all over the place. Yep. And, he's and had with a lot of different people. A lot of famous people, um, which we will uh, hear about in a minute. He had a professional career in London for many years, playing with a lot of famous people. And he gave it all up because he was desperate to write his own material. I was quite shocked by that. I thought, oh, who, who would give up a career in music? Who would do that? Richard, Richard Townend. Richard Townend. Is the answer. Yeah, is the answer to that question. I'm with Richard Townend just outside the Queen Street Brew House for Litter Kings and Friends. Uh, Richard, you just played. What's your impressions of the uh, brew house? Yeah, I, I, I like brew house. I used to come here about 10 years ago as a jam session. It's a nice, lively, lively pub. You played a lot in London. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, yeah, I used to. Um, well, I was a professional player when I first moved to London, um, playing for variety acts more than anything. And then I used to organise about three music venues in London as well, put original music on there, and I had original band. And then eventually I just jacked it all in and had enough and moved to Essex. I was going to ask you about some of those acts. Who, who did you play with, these variety acts? Uh, Donna, Tony Christie, Ronnie Corbett, Charlie Drake, um, Dinah Coupland. Uh, um, um, the list goes on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Les Dennis. I mean, that sort of variety act type. Um, so what, what stopped in the end? Because obviously a lot of musicians would think, wow, he actually had a career in music in London. Why yeah. did you stop? Uh, I wasn't enjoying it. I mean, I really... Uh, uh, being a musician is just... It's, it's like a painter and decorator, really. I mean, you know, sometimes you like the whole way you're doing, sometimes you don't like the whole way you're painting. Um, and it, it wasn't giving me the creativity. I mean, I... I really wanted to just write songs. So, so um, that sort of illusion of the music career for you—you've seen that side of it, and you can see that that when it becomes a job, yeah, it's uh, no longer something you actually desire to do. Well, like that. I mean, a music career. I mean, a lot of people get mixed up between a music career and an artist's career, and there is a right. difference between an artist, and, yeah. um, a musical artist, and a musician who's basically there just to play uh, in the background to make people sound good and things. Yeah. Um, and it's a different kettle of fish to um, to actually being, you know, having um, albums in the charts and things. And I would imagine having albums in the charts is probably more stressful yeah. because you're always worried about, you know, the next step. Yeah. yeah. Losing everything, yeah. yeah. Um, you play slide guitar. I noticed this evening you did play one slide guitar song. And you're known for your slide guitar, aren't you? Is that right? Uh, well, I, I can play slide guitar. I mean, I, I was only taught slide guitar about six, seven years ago by this brilliant uh, guy called Terry Hiscox. He plays with a band called Hunter Musket that were quite famous in the 70s. And, and now in their, in their 70s, um, they've reformed and just um, done their second album. And he showed me a lot of open tuning and slide you know I mean I didn't have my slide a slide guitar here today and there are a lot thinner strings and it's a lot lower action so they're quite difficult to, to play right because we were talking about blues earlier do you think blues sort of in in the UK does it is it geographical or does it sit within a certain seam of age do you think is it a certain kind of 
group of people who listen to the blues now yeah I, th- I think so but there's some young good young players coming up and hopefully they will uh, attract a young audience as well but I mean if you go to a blues festival you won't find many people under 40 right you know so we've had and Connor the youngsters <laughs> and uh, Connor Selby of course has been yeah. playing here uh, quite a lot at Coda uh, yeah. so he's sort of part of that younger generation he is yeah I mean Connor's a fine fine player um and yeah, he's one of the young know, Joe Anderton. Um, I mean, even Chantel McGregor, I guess. Um, although she's a bit older, but um, you know, there's there's lots of good players about. I mean, it, it, you only need to go to guitar shop and you find a good player. You know? yeah, yeah. Playing smoke on the water, <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about your. You've got a gig in Scarborough uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I'm so playing at the Craft uh, 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 Bar up in Scarborough, and then I'm doing the Saltburn Acoustic Blues Club on Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. Because m- most of the acts we have here, obviously, are very sort of regional. They're based within North Essex or yeah. Suffolk. But yeah. you're actually gigging all over the country. Is that right? Oh, I I go all over. I mean, my last album, but one. Uh, was recorded live in Moscow. Wow. Yeah. So fantastic. How did that come about? Um there's a guy called Boris the Blade and um <laughs> he finds acts yeah. and uh, basically he just flies you out there, he puts a band together for you and basically you got five, six shows on a trot. Um and uh, it's scary, you know. I mean, you you basically you send your CDs out because I mean I don't do covers. I only write, write my own songs, and you send the CDs out there. They learn the songs. You've got about half an hour before the gig, and you just top and tail them and and hope that you they've learned them and you, yeah. you're flying on the sea of pants. And to be honest, they're fantastic musicians, and they know the songs better than I do. Mm. I mean, they're brilliant. I was going to ask you about the Colchester scene, but I suppose you're, you're not, it's not somewhere you play a lot, is that right? It's not uh, a familiar sort of uh, territory for you? No, no, I, I mean, no, I mean, when I was gigging, you know, before the pandemic, it was mostly sort of festivals, right. um, so I'd travel all the way around the country. I mean, I, I, I've done, I, I've done Holland, Belgium, USA, India, played Australia, um, so I have, I have been around, I'm a bit of a tart. <laughs> it's just following from what you said when you go to the states is there a kind of are you sort of in the blues shadow there because this is where it all was born i mean going to india and playing the blues must be very different to playing it in the states i guess yeah um but i mean to be honest i don't really play the blues i play americana right. which is uh, um, a, a smattering of blues a smattering of country right. a matter of, um m- my main thing is just writing songs that I've got good lyrics and mean something. Yeah. And, and like I said tonight, uh, lyrics are poetry. We've really condensed and almost, I would say almost harder than poetry because you're trying to say something in four lines that you can, you know, can do yeah. a whole page with poetry yeah. and you can describe it better. But you need to be succinct and... You know, um, on the ball with your lyrics to try to capture it. So songs have a kind of yeah succinctness to them, don't they? they you're trying to capture it within a certain amount of time. Yeah, almost, within your three you? minutes. Within your three minutes. That's yeah. right. So yeah. lyrically, that is quite quite challenging. Mm. Thank you very much, Richard. No have a safe journey up yep. to Scarborough. It's Thank great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Richard. Richard Townend. Richard Townend. Well, to be honest, Richard Townend is a very experienced musician because he's had a long career in music and. I didn't realise this because um, I assume, you know, the people that we have at our event are people who have come 
Well, I like to think of it sort of out of the bedroom as such. Yeah, you know, yeah. like um, they've got the material and they're not very experienced live. He's experienced live. I mean, he's played in London, session musician. He's played in theatres um, and um, gigs all over the place. Oh, he's a very abroad, polished performer. Very polished performer. Abroad. I mean, I, I realised then how lucky we were to actually get him. Literary Kings of Friends podcast. Maybe we should, you know, cast our net to the more hard to catch people like you know Dave Cummins Richard McToskey and Sarah Bridman Elizabeth Brickheimer yeah Elizabeth Brickheimer that's the one I was thinking of but yeah. also of course you know uh, Clifford Stanworthy um, he's, he still holds the record for the, for the longest balloon <laughs> Debbie Apesworth Debbie Debbie Apesworth if what we can we say <laughs> What can we say that no one's ever said about her? I mean, if we uh, can get her in, yeah. imagine her and Clifford, bloody hell, there'd be fireworks. <laughs> yeah. You've got uh, James Stephausen. Oh, we've already had a housing. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, they, they, they Ed, would be great to get any of those uh, in. Edmund <laughs> Catblower. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh god oh, right uh, well so yeah so be, because what what about Keith Cupboard Bargain <laughs> Keith Cupboard Bargain what, oh. what a surname <laughs> oh Chris Strapphousing. The headline act were Wheelsford Boys. Yes. From Mersey. From Mersey Island. Not 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 Mersey up north. No, that's true. Mersey, Mersey Island. Island. From Mersey Island. From Mersey Island. And I don't think I've ever heard of an act from Mersey Island. I can't think of a band that come from Mersey Island. But they're very proud of it. Yeah. You know, they're very, very Mersey-centred. In fact, they wear the stripy tops like sailors. They've both managed to get guitars. They must, someone must export them out to Mersey. <laughs> Floating them over the strood. Uh, strood. Um, and... <laughs> They're and both, they stand the other side waiting for the guitar to arrive. Both, both sing as well. They both sing, yeah. And there's a little bit of rap in there as well. Uh, sort of bluegrass, a little bit of rock. Oh, there's lots of it, yeah. Mm, what were we talking about? Wilswood Boys. Fantastic. Really, I had I, seen the Wilswood Boys once, I think, but they, you know, it was clear that they would make a fantastic um, headline act. And they have got a following. Yes, they have. And Boisterous. They, and they all wear the same T-shirt, the Wilswood Boy T-shirt. I mean, you can tell them. White T-shirts, yeah. singing along. They know all the words. Fantastic. Really boisterous. Yeah. And they can sing They're along proud. songs as well, aren't they? Good players as well, actually. Oh, very insane. Some of those guitar parts are not easy to play. Especially on an acoustic guitar. Oh. That was very impressive. Yeah. Well, that came into it. When I spoke to them, they spoke about this, their um, musical styles. Because actually, one of the things you notice about them is there is a blend of two things going on. A kind of rocky background for one of them. Widdly diddly. Widdly 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 If only we can see your face while you yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you've got um, Widdly Dee, which is the which is bluegrass, that kind of bluegrass. Yeah. A little bit folky, a little bit rocky. It all blends together into one i asked them all about their musical style right i'm here with the willswood boys tell us about your name 
Where did you get them? Where did it come from? <laughs> well, it's because uh, Josh is Josh Wilson and I'm Joe Sherwood. We just got the surnames, beginning of Josh's Wills and the second part of mine Wood, and just put them together. Wills Wood. And Tell us the, about the boys. Oh, the boys for the illiterate. Just because, because <laughs> like the boys at sea, like, at sea, like the Moorings are called a spelt boo like bouets in America, isn't it? Yeah. But boys. Bui. Bui. Yeah, bui. Oh, bui. Is it? Yeah, it is bui. Tell us about um, Mersey comes up quite a lot in the sort of write-ups and things. Is there something special about Mersey connected to you? you... Um, well, I've. I've I was brought up there, so I spent the same with you as well, Joe, isn't it? Yeah, lived Just, there our whole lives. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, like, a lot of people do take it for granted, but um, I feel like we don't, and, you know, it's a lovely place. It's, it's a special place, it really is. Um, and I think that the, the whole, like, going back to our name and that, we really wanted to put that... Just, just to sort of, like incorporate that into like where we're from you know yeah. it's like it's, it's quite it's, we're quite passionate about that so it's, so it's, just, it's just nice is it different growing up on an island I, I know that it's just an island isn't it I, mean, I grew up on the Isle of Wight like a proper island <laughs> you couldn't escape you yeah, know but uh, do you think it makes a difference the strood I think to be honest most of the time I forget about the tide and I end up queuing but uh, <laughs> I think quite a lot of people are the same <laughs> right. but um yeah, it's quite nice to think we just cut off for a little while, to yeah. be honest, and we are just It's a good community. Yeah, because everyone knows everyone and everyone knows what's going on, so yeah. that's just a lovely place to be. Yeah. Your 2019 EP, Change, is there a theme running through that, do you think, in terms of the songs and the lyrics? Um, I think with Change, it was... Everything was very fresh, wasn't it, with, with us, and I think, like, we... We, we were starting to gig about a bit more we'd got a few songs that we could start playing to like hold a set together and I think it was just kind of one of those things where we needed to like get something recorded quick and get it out there just just purely to be able to say look we're Wills of Boys if you want to check us out you can yeah it's um, just so people had something to listen to because otherwise we didn't have anything did we really no but we so just we literally just only had them six songs at the time, didn't we? Yeah, That's yeah. literally the only, yeah. like, only songs we had. Written. Spotify call that an EP, don't they? Yeah. Apparently, yeah. if you get to seven, it's called an album. <laughs> Nearly wrote an album. Oh, so no, I, f- I feel like that's a good thing though, because I, I, we've we've just uh, going going on to the next subject. Like we've we've just finished recording an album with uh, Frank Turner, and there's three tracks from the EP on the album, which have like just been sort of like modified if you if you want to put it that way like there's still it's down it sounds like us but there's just a bit extra with it um and i feel i feel like that's uh that's a good good little touch for it i think it's them songs have developed over time like we yeah. play them differently to how they were written at first and there's like a little extra bits in there that you don't notice that you're adding in but all of a sudden when you come to recording it the second time around you're like oh wow that wasn't in the first recording kind of just, yeah. just so the title sense. change is that you changing uh, I think Josh has to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both, I think we could both agree that we we thought change was kind of the banger of the EP, and it was the one that was going to get. Oh, okay. Sort of like it gets the most attention. Yeah, it gets the Title most. Track, even yeah. even now, like when we play our gigs, 
Change is a very popular song, so I think that was the reason behind calling it Change more than anything. I read about your intertwining styles. I think that was the uh, words that we used. You come from two different musical backgrounds, is that correct? Like, for me, I kind of went through... I've been through many phases. I like a lot of music. I like all different genres, but uh, for me, I really sort of started out loving Metallica. Um, and like going back before that, Limp Biscuit was like one of the big albums for me, and then Metallica, and then it was kind of like Blink 182, Green Day, all that stuff. Sort of um, rock upbringing, then. yeah, yeah, and like well, emo, if a lot of people would class it as, um, but that really got me influenced to start writing, um, and then I think that's where myself and Joe are, are quite different because you've got a lot of. Joe's got a lot of bluegrassy sort yeah, of folk yeah. upbringing, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. so quite an extreme difference, really. Yeah. It's uh, well, my dad was in a band for years, and they had fiddles, banjos, mandolins, and uh, a double bass in another band. And they, they then after that, they had sort of had a folk rock band called Salt Dog. Then afterwards, yes. they went and formed a band called the Flat Mountain Family, and that was uh, a double bass, banjo, guitar, and a mandolin, and that was. And I went up and down the country with them just to random bluegrass festivals, and it's kind of rubbed off in the music. I think you can hear it a little yeah. bit sometimes, but it's, it's like very heavily folk influenced. But there is sort of like a bit of a rock, rocky influence in there as well, because kind of because when I first really started playing, I went through all my dad's record collection. It was kind of Neil Young, James Taylor, all them sort of singer songwriters, Cat Stevens. Uh, but were, the one that rubbed off probably the most was the Levelers and the Waterboys, because that sort of folk early, the late 80s. 90s, yeah, early, revival stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, because that, I think that was, some of them albums were quite quite something of the yeah. time, and that kind of rubbed off on me. So I'm a bit older in my musical taste than probably most people right. my age. Yeah. So you find that you, the things you appreciate are before your time as such, rather than what you grew up with? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. yeah most of what I listen to is probably wasn't even made was made before I was, wasn't even born listen to your parents music yeah. exactly what I yeah, did yeah. yeah I still haven't got over it <laughs> um, right last bit is just about the Colchester scene uh, the local scene how do you find it are you uh, sort of getting gigs and things happening um, I feel like if I'm going to be perfectly honest I feel like Colchester kind of died in the music scene for a little while and it and, and right now it actually feels like it's picking up a bit more yeah. which is good and, it, and, and we need that for Colchester because I feel like if you went back a few years ago Colchester was actually booming with a lot of live local talent and I don't know what happened but it just kind of like faded out a little bit um, so a few venues closed down as well yeah yeah and yeah. Like obviously with lockdown and everything happening it yeah. just kind of it ruined a lot of stuff for everyone but um yeah, it, it's nice to see that it's, it is starting up again and it, it's good. We, we we try and do as much as possible, don't we? So, yeah, yeah, um, Do you find it a supportive scene? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. You, well, we see a lot of the same people um, on on a lot of the gigs. Uh, like, just like, when, when you're, like, obviously talking about culture, when you're playing around here, you see a lot of the same faces. 
and it's good everyone gets on board and they all support each other and, it, and it's nice but occasionally you get new people coming in and like you, you get on board with everyone so it, it's nice and I, I think it's good that that is coming back around again now I would just sort of like take my hat off to sort of Tristan and Ollie just for starting up Coda because they, they literally double. just wanted yeah. they just wanted like I know we've got the art centre and obviously we're here at the Green, Green Street tonight but I just feel like they've made that place to its own now and like especially with Frank Turner playing there like a few months ago yeah. really helped them out and um, but I just I'd say hats off to them because they just took the plunge and done it and it's working really well at the moment and they're making a success of it and I'd Josh and Joe, 10 minutes, you've done more than enough. Thank you very much, and have a good gig tonight. Thank you very much. Cheers, please. Well, listen, they come from two very different worlds, and um, and when you when you actually see them live, you can it, it becomes apparent that they are coming from two different directions, actually, just by the way that they play and sing. Fantastic. 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 Any tree, I believe, is, is not Colchester-based. Uh, I think she's over Woodbridge. Woodbridge. Woodbridge based but we've uh, again we've played with Ellie a few times um, Ellie we? Tree yeah we have we've played at the uh, Little Kings and Friends but also we've gigged with her haven't we we've done a gig with her when did we do that at the Brew House we did didn't we always my the memory is ter- terrible you're putting that as a theme in this show where we talk about stuff and yeah, I, I go did rec- we and I then Peter goes yes we did and then finally I remember it should, it's a theme it should be pointed out at this point At this point, uh, it should be noted at this point that I am a bit of an archivist which is I do know when all the gigs have happened and I know who's there and I know who's going to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Ellie Tree yes Ellie Tree Ellie Tree plays uh, I think it's is it like a tenor ukulele it sounds like a larger ukulele I thought she had a four string guitar she does have a four string guitar but the, but she uh, she left it in the garage no she plays some sort of tenor ukulele but anyway she um, she's got a really like a voice that summons the gods that was one of the reviews actually of her voice a voice that summons the gods which was a little inconvenient because in the middle of the gig um uh Zeus appeared and it was like not now yeah well you know what Zeus is like he's always you know he's like the ladies ooh what are you yeah. doing in the bar he appears as a rainbow and suddenly makes someone pregnant yes I mean it's what... really not really on an open mic is it <laughs> it's he if he wants to do an open mic all he needs to do is get in touch I, I'm I'm just sick of these gods turning up <sighs> the worst problem is the golden shower when he appeared as the golden shower that was <laughs> that was really inappropriate <laughs> Hades, get your mandolin and we'll have you on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, so Ellie not... Tree. Well, yeah. Ellie Tree, um, Ellie Tree is a very experienced singer um, and has gigged widely and also played at the Folk East as well. Yeah. Uh, and this is a song by her called The Numero Brothers. Smile told me who I was. 
So that is about it for this week. We had a good look at our first Little of Kings and Friends show back in at the brew house, or first time at the brew house, but back as an event. Back as an event. We've uh, had listened to Ros Harness and uh, Ellie Tree and Matt Calderbank. And we had a chat and uh, some interviews with... 
artists. Yeah, with five artists, we had yeah. uh, Leon, Helsby, Joy, M. Louise. <laughs> she brings the rain. Richard, Townend. What is it? Both. Oh, right. uh, uh, yeah. So we talked to, to we. Yeah. So well, I don't know, where am I? Oh my god, we did. This. Yeah, we did this. Oh, it's like they weren't listening. Yeah, it's just ran up. If so, you've just uh, woken up. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> what we didn't tell you is we would be asking questions at the end. We've got no way of marking you on these questions. But uh, here we go. In 1979, <laughs> Richard Townend... What do you mean you don't know the answer to this? Were you not listening properly earlier? Um, so, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're now going to run a quiz. We have that sort of mathematical music in the background. Yeah. Like from a, a sort of 80s... Um, quiz show. No, well, or like one of those... We used to watch the Dots Countdown. Do you remember doing that? And they used to wheel up the TV into the hall. You must remember this. You used to sit in the hall when I was about nine and they'd wheel the TV out because... Watch was on or whatever. Oh, or right, stop, yeah, uh, yeah. stop, look and listen. And they'd wheel it out and you'd watch the dots go round. You used yeah. to love that. And then it'd go into the programme. You had to watch it live, though. I remember, it's time. It's time. For a story. Yeah, Hardly that's... Hair. But you were born in the 50s and that, that is slightly earlier than me. I wasn't born in the 50s. We you? were born... Oh, I was born in the 70s, same as you. Yeah, I was born in the 70s, same as you as well. But I was only barely 70s by yeah. four months. April. 4th of April, 1970. You were alive when the Beatles were officially still a group, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, which, of course, if you believe in reincarnation, it kind of explains why I'm such a great submariner. That is true, actually. I, d- I did wonder about that once when I was yeah, really. The Beatles like, died and came back as me. W- within I a am few, all the Beatles within a few months. Yeah, <laughs> Re- reincarnation doesn't happen that quick. No, you can't. Exp- it's, you can't explain reincarnation with science. No, you can't really. No. It's all about the magic. It's all about the magic that's happening in your soul. <laughs> so, what's coming up in the next show, Peter? Paya. Paya. Uh, what's coming up on the next show is a really good question because we'll be reviewing our next five artists. God, I can hear I the listeners. I think we'll be previewing it. Sorry. Ask the question again. Uh, what's so what's coming up in next week's show, Jesus Peter? Jesus Christ. We're going well, to... Re- next week. The next show. We're... We're going to review our five new artists, two spoken word and three musicians. Now, those of you who've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you must be so excited because finally we can start (laughs) revealing who these people are. You've seen the adverts online. You will now hear magical things about them. It's going to be soul enhancing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Man. Bye, Dave. Bye, see you, Dave. Bloody hell, Matilda, I'm having, I'm having a heart attack. Say bye quick. Thanks. Bye. I'd like to say thanks to Vlad in Croatia. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I, I'd like to say goodbye to Jeremy Fisher, the, the Beatrice... Pa, pa, uh, oh, shit. Peter's just died. Oh, no. He's okay. It's oh, okay, okay, okay. He was into I was just impersonating. He rise above it. He's <laughs> professional. Impersonating a cockney in the Lake District saying goodbye to his favourite big yeah, so like, character. So we'd like to say uh, goodbye to Jock, our, our Scottish listener. Yes, goodbye to Jock and uh, uh, Valerie. Like, what about an American listener? Oh, yeah. We've got a couple. We've got a female listener called... Stevie. And a male listener in America called... Oh, Brian Tritworthy. Yeah. Brian Tritworthy. Yeah, Trit. Trit. It's an odd surname. It is. It is. And of course, don't forget Valerie. I wonder if God knows she's in prison now. I don't think she'll be able to listen to her. 
Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, we did hear about another podcast. We, we often, yes, yes, appears. Pierce. We did hear about another uh, podcast. Yes. We we talked about um, Colchester. We couldn't find another podcast in Colchester about Colchester music, and that's not really about Colchester music. But we did uh, locate mm. another podcast of some other Colchester musicians. Yes, and, and uh, they play something called um, I think it's called Song Roulette. Song Roulette. We thought it was a great idea. Yeah. Would you like to explain Song Roulette? I will Peter? explain Song Roulette, which is this. I think they. They log into a computer, then they put their Spotify accounts up, and then you can randomly select a song that you have liked at some point. Now, as far as I was aware, there was just a list of songs you liked at the moment, but I think there's if you get into the guts of it, and who wouldn't want to get into the guts of it, um, like a vet, it's an interesting idea. And then they discuss the song. And they're they're in a band, Pilot Run. Pilot Pilot Run. Pilot Run. They actually recorded at Tom Donovan's studio, local studio, actually, with a very uh, very highly regarded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. And, yeah, we'd listen to the tunes. We'd like to see you out there at some point, guys. Pilot Run, if you're out there. Yeah. Let's see you. Let's... Let's know go. when you're playing. We'd love to come see you. Yeah, we'd love to. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Literate kings and friends talking bullshit again.